Curtis R. Monday, and this is the Urban Business Roundtable. Call me live at the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. Got a great show for you coming up today. At around 935, we have Miss Athena Montgomery. She's the founder of the ICANN Collective. Uh, talks about her, her business model that helps women in business. Uh, and empower them and give them and helps give them powerful resources to conduct their businesses. And so uh, we're going to be joined by Miss Montgomery at the 935 mark. Coming up about 920 or so, we got Dr. Uh, Goldwyn Foggy, founder of the Illinois Wellness and Weight Loss Center, is going to join us and talk to us about uh, what she's been doing in that arena and the impact COVID-19 has happened, uh, happening on our community and some of the solutions that she's come up with. So we've got some great Guests lined up for you here today here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Keep it locked. The show is called the Urban Business Roundtable. It's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owners. We got three primary goals here on UBR. One, we want to redefine the word urban and help the urban community leverage their purchase and power. There is purchase and power within the community. There is purchase and power within our blocks and where we live and where we, where we reside. And you can look at the actions uh, of the uh, uh, the politicians uh, and the institutions around us and how they move and the laws that they make and the things that they do and then listen or watch the actions that follow. I mean, right now we have things like um, you know, moratoriums on evictions, which on the surface, you know, is, is a good thing, but it doesn't go far enough. We'll talk a little bit, a lot about that on she flips, he flips, but the, the, what happens is that it jeopardizes our communities. It jeopardizes where we and our urban communities, we actually live and reside. If there's a mass exodus of evictions and foreclosures. Somebody got to get that land. Somebody got to get that property. Well, the banks is closed. I mean, and close to us in respect, the underwriting guidelines are so tough that we, most African-Americans can't get lending. So we don't have access to that capital to, 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 to get those the properties. We haven't quite mastered the art of coming together as one and pulling our resources together and working uh, from a collaborative perspective to do something. So that's a that doesn't work all the time for us. So what happens is that people outside of our community, uh, you know, come up and buy land. If the urban market wasn't important, if the word urban didn't have any power, they wouldn't do it. And so, that's what we try to do here on UBR. We try to, to redefine the word urban. Two, we want to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses, the entrepreneurship. If it has something that can edify small businesses, if it's something that can be a resource to be used by small businesses, we want to bring it here on the Urban Business Roundtable. This is our platform, uh, our opportunity to share, grow, be better, learn, uh, and exponentially change the world around us. And then finally, three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. All we need is for the rules to be fair. We need access to capital. We need access to capital not to use recklessly, but to use strategically. If you got a plan, it's well thought out. If you've mastered your craft, then you, need to, you should have a, a right to have access to the capital to make your business dreams grow. And then, two, we want to grow our businesses. Again, if the, I've always found this out about African-Americans. If you give us the rules and the rules are fair and the rules are understandable and there's something called a level playing field, we can not only do the very thing that you've asked us to do, but we can excel at it. 
we will have an opportunity to grow our businesses. And so that's what we want to do here on UBR. You can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. I want to say good morning to the mans and the ones and twos. Good morning, Mighty Titus. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Curtis. I'm feeling great. How are you doing? Man, not bad for old man. Titus, not bad for old man. Do we got Sonya Levine? Is Sonya Levine in the studio today or is she still on her uh, year-long um, cuffed, cuffing season? You know it's still cuffing season. You know it's getting cold outside, too. Ha, <sighs> she done with a full cycle. Anyway, good morning to you, Sonya Levine, our, 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 our esteemed producer. I would say, Titus and Sonya, it has been one year, one year since uh, I've started to, I started to host – the Urban Business Roundtable. Can you believe that, Titus? It's been one, a one year already. Man, this time goes by fast. It definitely goes by fast. This time last year, we were having our day party. Uh, Where's the place that we have a day party? I can't forget the. the I, I can't forget the, the. I can't think of the other the name. African American owned spot near the UIC campus. It'll come back to me. But we had a day party to announce uh, the launch, uh, the relaunch of the Urban Business Roundtable with me uh, as the host. And, um, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, and you're right. Where's where's this year gone? I just want you to think back and pause for a second, if you're listening to me. Just pause and think. Think back. Let's just use Labor Day. Let's use Labor Day 2019 to Labor Day 2020. What has gone on in your life in that last 12 months? Just think about it. Just think about in the last 12 months, what has happened to you in these last 12 months of your life. Well, I mean, we've all got some things collectively that has happened to us. And this last 12 months, what have we had? We have Kobe Bryant's passing. We've had Chadwick Boseman passing. Big John Thompson's passing. COVID-19. Uh, social uh, unrest in our communities over police violence and uh, racism against African-Americans. 30 million people unemployed. That's just the name of stuff that we've all collectively, collectively uh, have had to share. But what, what, what have you done personally? And so when I look about it, you say that when Titus says, man, time flies fast. Absolutely. Time does fly pretty, pretty fast. You've heard it said in the business that, you know, time is money. And I like to push back on that. Time is not money. Time is everything, right? You can get more money. You can get some money, lose that money and get that money right back. You may not think about it like that, but you can. If you take an L financially, the odds on is that the things you did to get the money, you could probably reduplicate that and do that again and get that money back. But that's not the case with time. You can't get time back. Time is not money. Time is everything. And there's some things that take some time. Like you don't jump into a relationship just really, really quick. You don't get married just really, really quick. That certain things may take a little bit more, a little bit more time to really vet out because it has consequences, right? If you make the wrong decision that impacts, guess what? time <laughs> right because you lose the time and 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 it's a long effort if it's if it's tough to unwind so time is everything and so i've discovered in the last 12 months and something i've always known especially in business that a lot of times our success is not um predicated on our ability to do something it's not predicated even on our resources a lot of times right it's 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 the mind it's how we think about things there's a there's a book, great book called Battlefield of the Mind, and it talks about the things that we think about and how the enemy tries to come against our mind to get our thinking. 
and I've become more cognizant of that as a as an adult, as a business professional over the last several years, and definitely over the last twelve months. I think there is a there's a relationship that exists between how close you are to your destiny and how challenging things become um, uh, up against you. I think as you get closer to walking in your purpose and doing the things that you were created to do, the challenges that come against you seem insurmountable and they seem greater. But the key word there is seem because that's a reflection of how you view it or how you think about the situation, right? And so I've learned and I'm learning in business, we have to really, really be cognizant of what it is that we're thinking about, how we view things. We have to really protect our mind. And in that, one of those functions of protecting our mind, how we think about things, is can be a function of time, understanding that time is the, the most precious commodity that we have, that you need to literally leverage every second of your time because you can't get it back, right? We just had one year of the Urban Business Roundtable, and I will tell you, honestly, the goals I set out 12 months ago to where we are right now, we haven't accomplished them, Right? And I can look back and say, well, damn, money, you, did you waste your time? And probably some, on some instances, I could have been better at my time. But you can't get that time back. Leverage every second of your time as a business professional. Give no time. Hear me on this one. Give no time to anything that's not moving you towards your purpose. If it's not moving you towards your purpose, then inherently it's taking you away from your purpose. Time. You can't get that time back. Time just keep moving, 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 moving. As much as I hate 2020, and I'm, I'm happy to see 2020 go. It's almost gone. It's September already. It's been a long, fatiguing eight months. But, man, September, pretty soon it'll be Thanksgiving, Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and then thank God, New Year, and hopefully with New Year, uh, hopefully new president, we got a new horizon. But time, man, time. Here's another thing, too, I want to tell you for my business owners as you pursue your entrepreneurial dreams. As you listen to the Urban Business Roundtable and you hear a Dr. Goldwyn Foggy talk about her business and my other guests, you got to, when you're able to mix your passion with discipline, that's the magic sauce right there. When you can take what you're passionate about and take that passion and mix it with discipline, the discipline to do the things daily that you need to do on a daily basis, you're on your way. It doesn't matter. Once you mix your passion with your discipline, it doesn't matter what people say about you. What people say about you at that point is irrelevant. Let your grind speak for you. I discovered that. I mean, my secret sauce has been my, my discipline and my passion for what I do. And long, I, I, I stopped talking. There's no need to brag. There's no need to beat my chest and say, look at me, I'm the greatest. Even if I felt that way, no need to do that. Let my grind speak for me. My grind speaks for me. Let your grind speak for you. Grind and hustle is a universal language understood by everybody. It's a universal language. When you can look at a person, you can see their grind, you can see their hustle. That automatically creates a universal level of respect. It's a universal language that's spoken. Doesn't matter what culture, what nationality that, that, that you're a part of. Grind and hustle, especially in business, is critical. You have to be on your craft day in and day out. You have to beat, B-E-A-T. You have to beat on your craft day in and day out. Day in and day out. Practice isn't perfect. Perfect practice is perfect, right? Just practicing something doesn't make it perfect. But practicing something perfect 
makes you perfect at it. You got to practice and be on your grind day in and day out. Hard work, discipline, perseverance, hard work, discipline, perseverance. These are the, the, the critical things that you need. So when we talk about business, again, uh, we, we, you, you hear me talk to entrepreneurs and you hear their stories and what they're doing. We'll talk about, you know, different tips. You have people come on the show to talk about resources. But all this means nothing if you don't have your mind right, right? If you're not thinking about things the appropriate way, if you're not focused, if you don't have the right focus in terms of what you're trying to do in business, in life, you won't be successful. So, be sure to catch that book. Get that. Grab my book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. Go to my website, www.curtisrmonday.com. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to have an entrepreneur started a, a, a business to empower women in business, uh, Athena Montgomery. She's the founder of the ICANN Collective. And after the break, we got Dr. Golden Foggy, founder of the Illinois Wellness and Weight Loss Centers. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable on Curtis R. Monday. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm Curtis R. Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. Be sure to follow me on social media, Facebook, Curtis R. Monday, and IG, C. Monday. Call my office, the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency, to get your financial house in order at 708 708- 647-1005 that's 708-647-1005 and also be sure to pick up the book The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor at www.curtisrmonday.com Still again, great show today uh, coming up at about 9.35 or so we got Miss Athena Montgomery she's the founder of the ICANN Collective and she'll be joining us to talk about her business but I want to welcome uh, my next guest uh, my first guest to the show uh, she's a board-certified obesity medicine specialist in the OB-GYN. She founded the Illinois Wellness and Weight Loss Centers to promote health and wellness through the prevention and treatment of being overweight and obesity. Uh, as a founder of the Illinois Wellness and Weight Loss Center, the business promotes weight loss and healthy lifestyles through weight loss programs, online courses, health fairs, workshops, body contouring, and speaking engagements. I want to say good morning to my first guest, uh, Dr. Golden Foggy, also known as Dr. Goldie. Good morning to you, Dr. Goldie. How you doing? Great morning, Curtis. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, and as we talk, my sincere prayers that you and your family are both healthy and safe during this uh, tough thing that we call the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so, Doc Goldie, let's get right into it. I, I had an opportunity to read your bio, and as all, as all my guests here on the Urban Business Roundtable, thoroughly impressed with what I saw in your story, I understand that your desire to transform, to transform lives, it grew after you lost both of your parents to obesity related illnesses. Can you say with our listening audience uh, a little bit about that story? Oh yes. I'll be happy to share. So I'm a native Chicagoan and um, I grew up right here in the city. Both my parents suffer from obesity and they had diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. My mom developed cancer and in their sixties, both my patients, both of my parents died prematurely. And it was a result of, you know, poor lifestyle choices, uh, poor nutrition habits. And looking at that, looking at that really made me realize, you know what, they could have lived longer had they just lived healthier lives. 
Yeah. And so as a doctor practicing ob you know, I was noticing a lot of patients were suffering from weight issues. Over 70% of African-American women do. And in my OBGYN practice, I was finding that I was seeing women who were suffering from weight issues, and I could not help them lose weight like they needed to. Wow. So I went back to school and I became board certified in obesity medicine. And I love all the principles that it stood for helping people to really change their mindsets and their behaviors and their lifestyles so that weight wouldn't be an issue that would lead to early, basically early demise. Wow. Good for you. Now it's clear that, that from that personal experience, you had your desire and you had your personal why, but as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we have a desire and we have a why, a why is a reason we want to do things, but we're never able to transform that desire and why into an actual business. Tell us the how. Tell the, uh, uh, our people who are listening who, who have a personal story, who have a desire to do something and want to transform it into a business but don't quite know how to get there. How were you able to take both your desire and your personal why and turn that into an actual business? Well, let me tell you how it happened. Uh, a lot of things happened in my life. I was working for uh, a practice, which I absolutely hated the practice I was working in. I was overstressed. I was overworked. And I worked for a hospital. And one day, the CEA, CEO called every gynecologist in 15 minutes apart and said, you know what? We're letting you guys go. Hmm. So I said, oh, my gosh, here I am, a doctor. I've been so for many years, and I have a good job, so you think, right? right? A stable career, and you could lose it in a moment's notice, right? Right. That gave me the the jump start I needed because I had talked about opening another practice. I had talked about really pursuing my passion for health and wellness, but I wouldn't do it because I was comfortable. So when that happened to me, I said, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to really launch my passion, and I'm going to turn that passion into a career. And so that's when it, when I got started. Wow. And I opened my business. Wow, wow. What was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome with trying to open your practice up, to trying to open your business? The biggest obstacle is always finances. Yeah. It's getting your finances in order. It's being able to get the funding you need to jumpstart your business so that you can take off. Yeah. And so as an entrepreneur, I found that was the biggest obstacle, but we're four years in and we are growing as we speak and we just keep pushing. Like yeah. you said, we keep grinding every day, marketing and, and uh, doing outreach and really pushing to, to expand um, our services and get the word out that we're here because it's evident that our people need us. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's funny. A funny thing about entrepreneurship that I don't think a lot of people see, when you're a small business, business owner, you wear all the hats. It's not that you just make the widgets or you just see people and diagnose what's kind of going with them medically. You got to be the market, the marketing expert. You got to be the HR person. <laughs> you got to be the That's finance right. person. You got to really, really touch every aspect of your business. to, to make, if, it, if it just was as simple as you seeing patients or me, you know, helping people with their insurance, life would be easy. 
<laughs> as an entrepreneur, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a people thing. You gotta you gotta build and work through people. It's it's, it's crazy. But I, I want you to help me with this because I started this show talking about the mind and talking about how you think about things and grind and hustle. And I think the grind and hustle that you put in is a byproduct of your mental, like what you actually yeah. think. One of the things I found, and I'm I like to work out. I'm a workout enthusiast. What what yeah. I, the, the what the things I found, Doctor Goldie, is that the moment I get pissed off. The moment uh-huh. life doesn't go right for me, I want to eat some Harold's chicken and <laughs> some hot stuff, Jay's potatoes with some hot sauce and drink like a whole um, six pack of Pepsis. Why yeah. is it that the moment that you have some kind of external, like it, it seems to me that, that your mental is directly correlated with our ability to maintain our, our, our weight and be in good shape. Help me break down. Why, why is that? Am I making that up? Because that's what it seems like to me. Every time I get pissed, that's what I want to go do. <laughs> no, you are not making it up. We go back to our comfort zone. We go back to the things that we know, the habits that we have, the way we grew up. This is how we always did it. And we go back to the level where we're comfortable. We're comfortable, right? And what we have to do as business owners and as successful people who are trying to live our best life is we need that discipline. We can't take no for an answer. If we fall off, we have to resolve that we're getting back on the bandwagon and we're not going to stop. Because, like, our wellness is a journey. It never stops. Yeah. You're going to you're going to you know stop working out sometimes. You got to get back up and and start over. You're going to get off of your meal plan sometimes. You got to like get back on. Yeah. And so you have to decide this is a change that I'm going to make forever and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. And once you make that up in your mind and you change your mental, your mindset, that's when you become successful. Yeah, yeah. So for those who follow me and and, and know me, know that I have a um a, a a son, a twenty month old Chance, who I'll be called Chance the Baby. Now Chance the Baby, <laughs> now Chance the Baby's my heart, but Chance the Baby would not be here if it wasn't for his mom. And right. some of our conversations lately have been about her journey with working out. You know, I I think she looks fine. I have no yeah. qualms with how she looks. She looks great, right? But yeah. she's frustrated. Because she, she speaks to me about the fact that she's been working out and she's been trying to do the right things, eating, but not seeing the results that she feels yeah. like she should see in three or four weeks. And my metabolism is different. I'm a guy that can put three or four weeks in and probably drop 20 pounds. Right. So mm-hmm. it's different. So I, I don't have any I don't have anything to help her. What do you say to a person like that, uh, Dr. Goldie, who has been putting in the necessary work? And, and been and, and been making a conscious effort to change habits and things of that nature, but just, you know, really aren't seeing some of the results that they feel like they should be seeing with this much work in and, and getting frustrated. That's right. The reason that some people find it so difficult is because it's complex. Weight is not an easy thing. It's not just about your nutrition and your exercise. If it were, many of us would be like, at our ideal body weight. But the truth of the matter is weight is a very complex issue. It's multifactorial, it's neurobehavioral, it's cultural, it's mental, There's it's biochemical, and that's why people need a weight loss specialist. What we do in our office is we bring people in, we perform an examination, we do labs to rule out 
metabolic issues. We do an entire body composition so that people can know what their fat percentage is, what's their resting metabolism, how many calories they should be eating a day. And we work with them on all of these issues to find out what kind of program they need so that they can ultimately stop dieting, you know, and stop yo-yoing and really get down to their best, healthiest weight. And that's why obesity medicine is really a growing field in the, you know, medical field. It's a growing field because weight is an issue for most people. Over 60% of of Americans have a weight issue and over 70% of African Americans have issues with their weight. And we need solutions. And our practice is a solution-driven practice. We incorporate nutrition, behavior, pharmacotherapy, which is medication, and life coaching. Okay, we look at the body from the inside out, not the outside in. And we come up with the best plan to help people to achieve their goals. Absolutely. So I understand. Yeah. Lastly, uh, Dr. Gold, I want to ask you this question. Uh, COVID-19 has disproportionately impacted people of color, uh, mainly as a result of the systemic racism that plagues us. Uh, The words obesity and diabetes is prevalent within our African-American community. Uh, I want you to tell our listening audience what our community can do and be better in light of the pandemic and and talk to us about this thing, uh, how to eliminate the thing that you call comorbidities. Am I saying it right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's right. So what I want your audience to know is that when we have diseases such as diabetes, hypertension, asthma, cardiovascular disease, these comorbid conditions will decrease our immunity. They affect our immune system. So when we are exposed to COVID, we're more likely to have um, uh, more complications related to COVID. So African-American people have more incidences of these chronic diseases. And what I want everybody to know is we don't have to have these diseases. We've got to work to change our lifestyles, the way we eat, the way we move, and the way we live so that we can reduce our weight, which which will ultimately lower our risk of diabetes, lower our risk of hypertension, decrease our risk of inflammatory illnesses so that we won't be so greatly impacted by COVID. Absolutely. Dr. Goldie, for individuals who want to take that journey, to want to make a lifestyle change, where can they find you in your practice? We're located in Beverly at 9933 Southwestern in Chicago. Um, we're on the web at ilweightloss.com. You can find us at iwwlc.com for healthy supplements to help with your immune support because we need to boost our immunity here. Most of us are going to come into contact with someone with COVID, so we've got to work on making sure that we have healthy immune systems so we can fight it. So IWWLC.com is where you can buy our supplements, and we're on Instagram at IOWeightLoss. Absolutely. Dr. Goldie, we appreciate you. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Curtis. It's good to be here. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Great conversation with the one and only Dr. Goldie. Look, I appreciate all our black women. Look, I like that little... Titus, I like that little little pudge, the little Midwest pudge that we have in Chicago with some of my women. I like that. 
<laughs> Me too. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a big fan. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that, man. You need a little, a little cushion for the pushing. You need a little something to hold on to. It's cold in Chicago, so I mean, I I, I want our women and, and men also, but definitely our women because I I'm, I like women to go ahead and, and adopt a, a, a healthy lifestyle. But it's okay to leave a little a little a little something, you know, to grab on to in these cold Chicago. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself, ladies. Don't be so hard on yourself. Let's take a quick break, Titus. When we come back, we got the one and only Athena Montgomery. She's the founder of the I Can Collective. You listen to the Urban Business Roundtable. Yeah, that's all I want these days. Some nice cooked food, some nice clean draws, like the great ho says. <laughs> Life is real simple, age 45. You listen to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. Be sure to pick up my book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Best Investor at www.curtisrmonday. That's www.curtisrmonday. And be sure to keep it locked here on WVON and check me out from 11 a.m. to noon uh, with the real estate investment show, She Flips, He Flips. Uh, my next guest uh, is the founder of the ICANN Collective. The ICANN Collective is a creative studio, co-working and event space located in Chicago, South Loop, for black women in business, featuring conferences, workshops, and seminars focused on entrepreneurship. She has a background in healthcare. She began, a nurse, she began her nursing career as a nurse extern and climbed the nursing ladder to a Master of Science in Nursing and an MBA with a focus on executive leadership. Prior to becoming a nurse, she obtained a marketing degree from the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana. She's described as a fierce advocate for the advancement of black women in leadership and entrepreneurship. I want to say good morning to my guest, Athena Montgomery. Good morning to you, Ms. Montgomery. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? I can't complain. And again, uh, sincere prayer and wish that you and your family are, are healthy and safe during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, thank you so much. Thank That's you good. very much for having me on. Now, tell me, because I'm notorious for butchering your name, am I, am I, did I pronounce your first name correctly? Is it Athena? You are perfect. I was listening, and I'm like, this, he got it. He has got it. That good. is perfect. I, I'm used to correcting people. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, <laughs> glory to God. First Moses, now this. I got that one right. So I'm bound to yeah. screw it up later down the road. So charge it to my head not, and not my heart. You know, That for, is all right. For those who may not know you, tell us a little bit more about your story that I know I gave a bio, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. yeah so, um, as you stated, I, uh, started my, uh, career in marketing and then, you know, developed this passion for nursing that I never thought would happen. My, both of my parents are nurses and you know how we are. Sometimes we're renegades and I wanted to go <laughs> in the opposite direction and, you know, I actually um, ended up going into nursing as a second career and fell in love with it. But then I um, started getting into the administrative side and getting into healthcare leadership and consulting. And when I decided that I wanted to start my own business, it was so much that I needed to learn. You know, you, um, I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family. I didn't have entrepreneurs in my circle. You know, I was taught to get that great job, get those benefits and just keep climbing the ladder. So um, when I started to see that there was another path that I wanted to take, it was difficult for me to find the resources. So I started going to networking events and all types of um, conferences and workshops. But I sometimes felt that something was missing. The stories didn't always resonate with me. You know, I heard 
Um, people say that their parents gave them 50 grand to start a business. Right. The speakers didn't always look like me. And right. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, how can I um, take this information and use it, which I did. You know, I, I would bend it to fit the narrative I needed. But I also wanted to offer something like that for people who look like me and came from backgrounds like me. Absolutely. And you said a couple of things that I got to touch on. First, I want to ask you, what was the watershed moment? What was that moment where you decided to just, you know, strictly go ahead and go down the entrepreneurial path? What was that moment? Oh, you know what? I, um, <laughs> this was funny. So I was, um, working at a hospital and, um, there, uh, I, I touched on things like, um, patient engagement, making sure that patients were satisfied with their care. I was, uh, working with doctors and, uh, the senior leadership, VPs and all of that, making sure that, uh, patients felt good about their care and employees felt good about working there. And so I went to a, um, event for diversity and inclusion in healthcare. And I was telling a, um, chief medical officer at a whole different um, facility about what I do. And he was like, you know what, we, we actually need someone to come in and, you know, speak to some of these things with our staff. Are you available for speaking engagements? And I'm like, Oh, as a matter of fact, I am now. I had never done it before in my life. (laughs) He he, he said, send me, um, he was like, send me your information, send me a one pager, your website, and your, uh, you know, business materials. I went on Vistaprint, created some business <laughs> cards. I, that night, I created a website that day and sent it all over, and I got a check. And I was like, oh, this is how yeah. I work? Yeah. I need to do this more often. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, when you can, you know, make – in a, a little bit of time, a, an hour talk, you know, what you make in a check in two weeks, it's like, oh, that this is what people do? I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. I remember the first time I got my first speaking engagement, I had no idea what to charge. They, they, they asked me, what, right. what, what was your honorarium? And I said, well, hey, we'll work. I, I really like screwed up my answer. And I really had to go and try to figure out, like, <laughs> they were, damn, how much, I'm you know. And it's like, you don't want to charge crackhead prices to seem like you're desperate, but then you don't want to, like, ask for too much. And they say, well, I get the hell out of here, guys. Exactly. And you know what? You are speaking to actually 100% why I started. Because where do we go for that information? Who do we talk to? And then it's like, as a person starting out versus a person who's been doing it, you know, people charge hundred thousand dollars for yeah. 30 minutes like you know but yeah. once again like you said you you're not trying to do desperate prices because then uh they also you don't want them to feel di- differently about why am i booking this person who is yeah. desperate or who you know you got to get them that value that valuable price. exactly so, i think yeah. my first one i i i'd have done it for 50 bucks and some heroes at first like man you <laughs> if, if you hit me with the, i, I would, <laughs> with this 50 and that six piece we hey we can call it even like whatever you want to talk about but exactly but now nah, as i gotten older and i got more you know in in, in business i i think we all have mm-hmm. a, a culture ad we all have a unique story yes. that's unique to us yes. that that's that 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 transcends our, our years of experience we have our own personal story and uh only we can you know put a price tag on that you you said something that's though true. That that hit me. You said networking events. Now I notoriously hate networking events. 
I, I can't yeah. I can't yeah. stand them, but it's a necessary evil yeah. that I'm trying to go to. I'm trying to get better at. But you said you were going to networking yeah. events in an effort to help you get the information that that you needed to help you start your your business. But you also said yeah. that you were going to these networking events and there were people talking about different things. And they didn't look like you. And they were getting stories like, hey, I got 50 grand to get started. <laughs> my, my, yes. my, what was your reaction when you were at those events and you kind of heard those stories? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I, I agree with you. Like, you know, as I was going to networking events, like you said, uh, Necessary Evil, um, I felt like, oh, let me do this. And then I didn't have friends who were interested. So I would go to stuff alone. And um, it was like I got to, you know, sit and try to figure this person out and then you know then we have to put on the mask and yeah. you know oh yes was it 50,000 oh great yeah, you know yeah. and it's like <laughs> it, it um I I would listen and I would observe and I would really think about how that person got to where they were where they got to 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 that point and take out the nuggets that I felt like I could apply to myself and um to your point I I just like you know, I, I decided when I wanted to go to something, I would go to the end point. What do I want to get out of this event? And who do I want to meet? I would think about who was speaking, if there, were like, if there was a panel or anything like that, and I would try to push to meet that person. Or if it was someone in the audience that, you know, um, seemed of interest, I would try to meet at least one person or get the one thing that I needed to get out of that event to make it worth my while. Because, as you know, going to events can sometimes become a full-time job. And that's another reason why I started. I wanted to change the game on that. I wanted networking events to not be something that we dreaded going to. Absolutely. Now, I want you to tell us, our listening audience, about your business. Tell us about the ICANN yes. Collective. Okay. So the ICANN Collective, ICANN stands for Innovation, Collaboration, Accountability Network. Hmm. And so those are kind of the pillars that um, I operate on. And I started out doing conferences and workshops and, like I said, events for entrepreneurs. And my goal was always diverse entrepreneurs. I wanted to give us something that we weren't getting. So, you know, we would have music. We would have that, that hair. We would have that chicken at the, <laughs> at the event. You know, you, you're not coming and get, you know, a piece of cheese and a grape and going about your way. I, I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it relatable. And what I would do is I would bring um, people on the stage to speak that looked like us, that, you know, spoke to what we were experiencing. I'm, you know, a first gen. My parents are from Ghana, and um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. So it's like, you know, I have a different story than some of the people that I was listening to. So I would bring, you know, an entrepreneur who started their business um, on the west side of Chicago and created a, a multi-million dollar business. Like, how do we do that? How can I do what you're doing and come from the background that, that I've come from. And so um, that was important to me. And so I would always have these events at other places. I would either partner um, with people who had space or I would pay for space. And then in a lot of cases, you know, things were missing. Like maybe I had to bring in microphones or I had to bring in the core or I had to bring in, you know, so much stuff. So that would increase the price. That would increase, you know, the um amount of work that I have to do just to have the event. And I, once again, the way that I can start it was me filling a gap that I saw that I needed in the market and figured other people needed too. That's how I felt about opening my own space. This is a gap that I'm seeing 
and I'm not always feeling like, you know, there's space created for people like me. Let me create the space. And so that's how I, um, you know, turned the corner into opening my own studio. How have you had to adapt or adjust your, your business model um, during COVID? Yeah, that's that's hilarious, right? So I started the I Can Collective in 2017, and then I opened the space in November 2019, and it was oh, wow. moving and grooving, right? Yeah. Moving and grooving. <laughs> March, at the break. Yeah. And so it, it's funny because, you know, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you always have to be ahead of the game, right? So right. I was always saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this digital thing. I'm going to um, create this digital platform. I'm going to have virtual events. And then you get kind of lost in the sauce of the day-to-day, right? And you don't always do those, those things that you want to do as a visionary. And then this happened, and I feel like that was God saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. So it just, it just rocked me back to the mission, and it allowed me to do something that I feel like Prior to that, people were so used to my face-to-face events that virtual events would have been, you know, a big pivot. Well, now, you know, the virtual event was the thing. So I had an event that was scheduled in April. And, you know, before we really knew what was going on, I'm like, oh, I'm still going to have it. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. I had to take it to online. So in May, um, you know, when we realized we weren't going to be able to have it face-to-face, I, I set up a digital event for May and it became a virtual summit and people showed up and, and that was a great thing. And it just let me know that, you know, um, the path doesn't matter what you think your path is going to be. You always have to keep moving with what the demand is, what's going on in the environment and what you have to do to give people what they want, no matter what the situation surrounding um, what's going on is, because there's always going to be something. You know, so that was the big shift for me. Well said, well said, and, and kudos for you for being able to make that pivot. For those individuals who are listening, who want to know more about you, want to support your business and the different projects you're working on, give us your contact information, please. Oh, yes. Definitely go to um, Instagram or Facebook, and it's the ICANN Collective. So at the ICANN Collective on all social media platforms. And you can definitely go to www.theicancollective.com to stay abreast of events, stay in tune with everything that I'm doing. And I've started um, for the next two Wednesdays, I'm having an event called Working Wednesdays where you can come in at 10 a.m. and kind of co-work, you get breakfast, you, you get to see what a workspace um, at the ICANN Collective looks like. And so if you go to the website and click on events, you can check that out, grab a ticket, and catch us in the South Loop. Absolutely. Ms. Afinia Montgomery, we appreciate you. God bless and be safe. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. This was awesome. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Man, powerful entrepreneurs. I mean, both of them had a passion uh, for their craft and what they were doing and were able to transform their passion into an actual business. For Dr. Goldwyn, uh, for Dr. Goldie, she took a personal story, a personal uh, uh, situation with her family's passing away from obesity, uh, and took that passion and why and evolved into a business, overcame obstacles with funding, um, and then for Miss Montgomery, uh, did a, co- a complete pivot uh, when she kind of got a taste for how entrepreneurship can work when she was asked to do the uh, public speaking, and even you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs in this country. Uh, had a great start, got started, you know, just right before the pandemic hit. And then er, 
hurt reality, you know, you, you get smacked in the face. And again, success a lot of times is predicated not so much on uh, the, the, the 10% of the things that happen to you, but it's the 90% of the way on how you respond to it. You know what I mean? Champions don't make excuses. We make adjustments. And so she made an adjustment. It's not always easy to do. It's not. I know it, that, that just kind of rolls off my tongue, but it's not easy to do all the time. But you have to do it. If you want to be successful, you have to be able to make that adjustment. You can't make excuses. You have to be able to pivot. you got to be able to innovate and keep going. So hats off to both of them. Well, that's it for the Urban Business Roundtable this week. We had a great show. Again, be sure to catch the condensed recap versions later this week on WVON. To my man, Mighty Titus, on the ones and twos. So our executive producer, Sonia Levine, great job as always. I tell everyone who listens to my show, who knows me, I don't do the things I do for my first name, Curtis. I do it for my last name, Monday. Chance Jordan Monday, Daddy Loves You. Say what you want to about me, but I always know that I did it my way. God bless.